for two Kickers are extra, I give them the boot Going for two Sit back, relax while I grab me a brew Now I'm reclining while putting my time And I'm ready to go My spine is aligning And much my my lineups, my bank account grow I am so rich But knowledge is all that I'm leaving it with Listen to this Multiple options, how far can I get? DFS Dynasty Reader Tonight I'm not finishing last I'm finishing past any and all I am looking to last. What else? This spot is popping and I am so locked in and only opening the door when it is opportunity knocking and all of these spots keep on talking and talking. So what are we talking? We're kind of alarming and running it deep. Even players forgotten or came from the bottom or hitting that topping and this spot is popping. Yeah, this spot is popping. And this is the arm chat. Yeah. Put up your arms. Yeah. Sound the alarm. Yeah. What is going on, guys, and welcome to episode 293 of the Armchair Fancy Show. I'm your host, of course, Jeff Lambert. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffLambert77. Of course, we are live on the Going For Two Live podcast network every Wednesday and Friday night on Facebook Live, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch, syndicated in all major podcast networks, and, of course, streaming in the app for Going For Two uh, on uh, iOS and Android. All right, I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Mr. Ryan Searfoss. Uh, of course, you can follow him at Foss534. What's up, Ryan? I'm not much, man. I, I, I didn't know if you froze. My internet was going. You just got so excited because you're about to get that check mark now. Like, I didn't know what was going on. You forget your Twitter handle because you're going to say hype about it. Kind of that sweet $8. Yeah, that $8 a month getting verified. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm not really I'm not really keen on that. I'm actually hoping that you don't have... Because yeah. I've been paying for Twitter Blue already, even before they got this whole verified thing now. And now I don't oh. want the verified check anymore. I, I'm waiting right till NFL free agency offseason. I'm going to pay for that. And I'm spreading fake information to everybody. Yes, you would There's do that. There's going to be trades, cuts, <laughs> All kinds of stuff. I don't know. Mahomes might be going to the Giants for all we know. <laughs> I'm just good. making shit up. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Uh, joining us for the first time, uh, Mr. Jay Stein, f- uh, featured writer at Dynasty Nerds. You can follow him at underscore Jason Stein. What's up, Jay? Hey, man. How's it going? Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So real quick, uh, give my listeners a quick rundown of what you do in, in the fancy space. Yeah, of course. Uh, So, yeah, I'm a writer over at Dynasty Nerds. Um, I do a series for them called The Intelligent Fantasy Football Investor. uh, We just had Volume 9 published today, actually. Um, And the premise there is it's like a different way to look at value. So I'm taking in the relationship between a player's uh, KTC value from um, Keep Trade Cut uh, versus his fantasy points per game and kind of looking at, you know, players and comparing them relative um, on, on that metric. Um, and I also do Debbie analytical work for them as well. Nice. And then um, th- most of that's sort of uh, uh, published, written content. And then I actually do a uh, a podcast, a patron only podcast with uh, the Debbie Royale guys. Oh, nice. Um, that's with uh, Kevin Coleman at uh, Du Bois underscore twenty two. And what we do is we, um, you know, you kind of host it, and we we go through sort of the analytics of some of these De- Debbie players. And so far, we've done uh, Jordan Addison, Zach Charbonnet, Zay Flowers. We did one where we looked at C.J. Stroud versus Bryce Young. Um, And then we're going to do another one next week. It's uh, Caleb Williams versus Drake May. So exciting. Uh, If you're not a patron, you can go to the Devin Royal and become a patron. And and you get to listen to me every Wednesday uh, and talk to talk about some of the the, the Debbie players. I don't know if I don't know if you knew this or not, but the Debbie Royal actually started on our network. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they started here going for two with Jeff Bell and all them, and the, yeah, they were doing the show on here for a while, and then decided to go independent, and they just 
you know, gotten they've blown up since then. So it's good to see them still doing good. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Let's get to our bleep use. Hey, you know what? Fuck you. All right, Jay, you're the guest here, so we'll get you uh, the first pick here. What is uh, what is your bleep you this week? Yeah, so um, I'm going to give a bleep you to Matt Nagy. Um, and the, the reason here is, um, you know, Matt Nagy almost ruined Justin Fields' career. Uh, <laughs> and that's a good, I guess maybe that's kind of like a bold statement. And look, uh, Trubisky didn't work out. Okay, fine, move on. You traded up to get Justin Fields. Then you did some sort of like weird QB battle with Andy Dalton to start off Fields' career. Uh, Then he becomes the starter, but he doesn't adapt the offense to what Justin Fields can do, what he was good at. Look, I'm I'm a Columbus guy. I'm a two-time Ohio State grad. I followed Fields' career from when he was, you know, a high school student all the way up to, you know, his present time here. I'm vested. I'm a Justin Fields truther. He's my most rostered player in fantasy. Um, My... Intelligent fantasy football investor work. Um, I've had a buy on him um, formally since July, but, you know, I've been playing in a lot of Debbie leagues. Um, And so, um, you know, Fields didn't start this year off very hot um, to the point where if you add up what happened with Matt Nagy and then the beginning of this year, um, people were getting to the point where, like, is this guy a franchise QB or is his confidence shattered and we need to move on and pick somebody to pick somebody else early uh, in, in the next year's draft. Um, but the last four to five weeks, it looks like um, Luke Getzies, as, as um, the offensive coordinator there, has sort of developed a game plan that sort of fits a lot more along with what Justin Fields can do. Um, and we're now seeing what is, you know, living up to his full potential, what he can what he can actually do on the field, uh, you know, uh, run, the, run substantially yeah. uh, to the point where, you know, he becomes a, a fantasy differentiator at the QB position. Um, and so I think now what we've learned is that the, the bears have their franchise QB um, and now they can build around them and they don't have to worry about what that is next year. But the big bleep you is to, to Matt Nagy for almost ruining, almost ruining it. <laughs> what uh, Justin Fields career could have been. Um, uh, but it looks like we're getting on a better track now. Yeah, here. yeah. I, I actually um try to trade him today in one of my leagues because I have Jalen Hurts as my starter, and um you know the guys still aren't buying it. You know they're like, oh, you know I don't know if I trust it. And I'm like, dude, from week five on, he is the QB one. Like at least on in our scoring, maybe different than some other scoring, but he is the QB one from QB five on. That's a pretty good sample size, and he's putting up monster numbers. So yeah, I'm with you there. I love Justin Fields, and I'm I'm glad that he finally uh had his time to shine. Ryan, what you got for your bleep you? Maybe kind of want to go bigger, but it's Michael Pittman right now. We got three weeks in a row where he is just not performed, and this week was 22 yards was just the down of it. And when I say I want to go bigger, it goes strictly to the Colts and that entire just mess of an organization, putting in Jeff Saturday as a head coach. We all got Molly Willis. I am. I was the most in on Pittman before the season, and now with just this debacle of everything, I'm I'm out at least for this year until things get settled. And it breaks my heart because one of my most rostered players, and he's so talented. It's just they're ruining. Yeah. Him. Yep. 
Yeah, J- Jim Irsay and his drunk ass can <laughs> kick rocks. Like, yeah. it's it's more his fault. So, maybe as misguided and Michael Pittman, it's more Irsay and that whole organization. But, man, it hurts. I love Pittman. Yeah, my, yeah, that's definitely on my list as well because I have a lot of, of Pittman as well, especially in my home league too, and he's killing me right now with those last couple of weeks, especially after he started. You know, we thought, okay, he's like going to be you know borderline wide receiver one territory from the rest of the season, and then all of a sudden it just you know quarterback change and you know everything else and just falling apart since then. And I mean, it's like not even really him. He's getting targets. It's just that offense and that quarterback situation is bad. Matt Ryan looked just washed now. Uh, yeah. Will uh, El- Ellinger? Will Ellinger, Jesus! I, <laughs> I was I was going straight to that, but Ellinger looks uh, rough too. Yeah, they both like, look pretty bad. It it's shoddy, man. Like I'm out. I can't trust that quarterback situation for him. Definitely not. So my bleep you, I think, has made an appearance on the podcast already once, but uh, it's an extra bleep you because he kind of teased us a little bit uh, in the last couple of weeks, and it's Mr. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, I've got in multiple leagues. Uh, I actually played him over some tight ends like uh, Greg Dulich and, and Cade Otten and guys like that over the last couple of weeks. And every time I go to trust him, I'm like, okay, finally, I can trust him. And then he goes and he screws me again because I have Cade Otten sitting on my bench this week with 17 points. And I think Pitts got me a, a whopping four points uh, in my start, start position. So, yeah, bleep you to Kyle Pitts. I know it's not all his fault, kind of like similar to, to Michael Pittman. Uh, it's not all his fault. That offense is just run heavy. They run, they run, and they run some more. Uh, and and Mariota's going to run the ball as well and not throw it too much. So, uh, you know, it's not all his fault. But, uh, yeah, he definitely has screwed me overall in most of my leagues. These terrible organizations, like, if you're that bad, they should just make – they should be forced to make changes after multiple years in a row. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Time to find new owners, right? Like we do in Dynasty Leagues. Yeah, you suck, dude. Get out of my league. <laughs> dude, yeah, I, I, there's times I wish the NFL would do that. <laughs> All right, let's get into some news and notes. News and notes from around the league. All right, as always, news and notes brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. A single game and single week best ball leagues are here. Uh, if you love fantasy football, nothing better than weekly best ball leagues like Underdog offers. No need to wait to the end of the season to find out if you won. You can find out you can find out if you win every single week. Get the Underdog app for iOS or Android and use our promo code GF2 to get 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. Uh, Underdog is one of the fastest growing fantasy sport platforms out on the market. Uh, and there's a reason for that. So see what all the hype is about. Get the app. Use our promo code GF2 and start winning. All right, not a ton of notes uh, this week to really look at that's, you know, from a fancy standpoint, but we're going to look at a couple of these ones here. And I'll go to you first on this one, Jay, with uh, Odell Beckham, you know, being linked now to the Cowboys. Jerry Jones came out and said he would look pretty good in a Dallas uniform. A couple questions here. One, do you believe that will actually happen? And two, if it does happen, is he relevant at all in fantasy, you think? Oh, man, I don't know if it happens. My first comment here is, like... Is Odell Beckham Jr. shopping for his his place to go to the next Super Bowl? Like last year, he picked the Rams because they were going to Super Bowl. Did he ended up being injured, but he he played really well and and was part of the reason why they, they got there. Um, um, or you know, is he looking for maybe you know like a better fit from an organizational perspective? I mean, the Cowboys have Ceedee Lamb and, and and Michael Gallup, but. The next level of the receivers is No Brown and Jalen Tolbert. Um, you know, sufficient, but I don't know if they're they're. Uh, I guess maybe fairly replaceable. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. is 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 a next level talent. 
if he's on the team, he'll probably be performing pretty well. Um, so if he does sign and 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 become a player there, I, I'm not sure how much he helps you from a fantasy perspective. My guess is he's probably he's probably he's probably coming back um, to play for this team because he thinks that they'll do well. And um, you know the Cowboys maybe wouldn't be at the top of my Super Bowl contenders list, but they're not they're definitely not the bottom. Right. Um, I think they have a, they have a decent shot. So I think just interesting is is Odell Beckham Jr. the the guy that can pick Super Bowl teams yeah. or <laughs> or um I, I, I don't know. But um yeah so uh interesting landing spot. I think there's space for him to to do well if he gets put on the team. I'm not sure how how fantasy relevant he'll be, but um you know he's from a fantasy perspective, you know, since he came in the league, he's done, he's done really well. And even last year, there were some games where you could start him and, and he did pretty well for you. Yeah, so absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess that's, those are, that's kind of how I feel about it. What about you, Ryan? Any interest in Odell Beckham as a cowboy? Not really that much. I mean, it's real. I like it from a real football perspective and making the team better. Like you said, and, and the NFC, the way it is, they're a contender as in adding that, it's huge for that offense, especially with that division and probably facing Philly at some point in the playoffs if they make it that far where they're going to be in a shootout the way that offense is going. So you need all the firepower you can get. But if anything, I think it's a detriment to the other receivers in fantasy more than a help for him. Like, I think it might not take a lot of targets away, but it's going to take away some targets from Gallup. Might take away one or two targets a game from him. Might take away a target or two from CeeDee Lamb. Might take away from – like, it's just going to kind of – it's going to be a nag to everybody and kind of hurt the consistency of the players around them. So from a fantasy perspective, I don't like it for that reason, but real football makes sense to me. Yeah. I'm with y'all as well. I think that's, it's kind of how it's the, he's almost like they need that running back that steals away your touchdowns. He's going to go in there and just hurt the value of the guys that you already have on your yeah, team starting. Not, not a, not a lot, but just like enough to be really annoying, yep. especially late in the year when he's fresh and you're in fantasy playoffs. Agreed. Yeah, right. I don't know how deep your leagues are, but if you're if you're in that that league where you're starting Noah Brown or or trying to hope for Jalen Tolbert, that pretty much you know Ed Nix is oh, those. Guys, yeah, those guys right? are done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they have zero value at that point. I mean, that's that's a deep league right there. Yeah, yeah. That's a- All right, Ryan. Let's look at the running back here. Let's go look at uh, Mr. Rashad White. I'm pretty sure I think you were a big fan of Rashad White, but uh, he's been getting a little bit more usage. He's getting more snap percentage. Uh, and now the Athletics' uh, Greg Amon writes that you know momentum will be with Rashad White towards the end of the season. Fournette seems to be a little bit getting phased out. What are your thoughts here with Rashad White? Uh, I love Rashad White. I'm going to start saying that. I love the skill set. I was very high on the draft. I think this is kind of just like talk, though. We that offense, we've seen it work the best when it's run play action and the running ball. Leonard Fournette even said, you need me to run after the game, complain about touches and need the ball then. This team is as bad as they are in first place in our division. And winter months get colder, that big back, and later in the year, teams are beat up. That big back is who teams go to, not the scat back and the receiving back as much. I think we might see a little more usage, but I still think it's going to be Leonard Fournette's show at least through this season. Yeah. I think your AC may have kicked on, Ryan. I can hear that wind blowing. It, it did. <laughs> it did. Happens yeah, at least I'll... once a podcast. <laughs> it hasn't, ha- hasn't happened lately. Yeah, you're right. It hasn't it's happened in a while. Uh, Jay, let's get, to put the heat on. Let's get your thoughts on Rashad White here, Jay. First of all, are you a fan of Rashad White coming into this year? And then you just give yeah, me your thoughts I, here. Yeah, I think I'd echo those sentiments. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Rashad White coming out. 
Um, you know, the point is, I'd say is, you know, from a dynasty perspective, from a long-term perspective, I'd kind of expect this to happen. Um, you know, Fournette was never really that great of a, of a, of a running back. Um, he scored a lot of fantasy points, right? So there's been times when you wanted to own him, um, where he's been a value. Um, uh, but from a dynasty perspective over the long term, I'd, I'd expect more work to go to Rashadway. I think, I think the thing about Tampa is, and and this might be the overarching thing is uh, in the long term is what happens with Tom Brady. So, you know, does he come back next year? Does he retire? Does he find another team? I think that all, you know, stems with what what's going to happen with Tampa. So, uh, you know, there might be a mass exodus if, if, if Tom Brady leaves and they might do a rebuild. In, in that case, you know, obviously Rashad White's going to be the one, the running back that you want to own for the long term there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I think um, in, in the near term, it's it's interesting to see Rashad taking some of the carries. I think Leonard Fournette, like um, Ryan said, is is probably the one you want to own through the rest of this season. But um, you know, in the long term, Rashad White is is probably the one you want to own. Yeah, I'm with y'all too. I like Rashad White a lot, and and the thing with Rashad White is is I do think that like you mentioned earlier, like the Leonard Fournette. You know, he was catching passes, but he's not really known as a pass-catching back. I know he, he had a couple of years where he had a ton of catches. I think it was more about he was the only one there. Where Rashad White actually has those pass-catching chops. He can run, you know, real routes out of the backfield. Um, so I do see them losing him a little bit more out of the backfield towards the end of the season. Will it be enough to be fancy relevant? Probably not. Uh, but like you said, you know, long-term, I do think he's the he's the man there. So uh, I'm with you on Rashad White. Uh, the mass exodus point was very good, by the way. Like, if Brady leaves, all those vets leave. Yep. And that opens the door up from a dynasty perspective. Yep. Let's stick with the running backs, Ryan, and I'll, and I'll go to you because you're, you're in Pittsburgh. Uh, Jalen Warren also kind of expected to get more touches, you know, as the season progresses here. Uh, one, it doesn't even matter because, I mean, Najee Harris can't seem to do anything behind that offensive line. <laughs> and then two, do you actually buy that he's going to be getting more work? Um. No, and not really. Uh, <laughs> like, I think he might get a few more carries a game here and there. Because, I mean, in all reality, Najee Harris, they're running this dude into the ground. It's such an inefficient rate. It's such volume. Like, he's getting hit behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage from multiple angles every game. It's not like he's getting hit downfield and maybe taking some less rates. My man is just trying to play power football and getting dinged up. And while Warren did look really good last week on his few carries he had, it's because they weren't stacking the box because it's Jalen Warren in there. If he starts getting a workload like Najee, I don't see the outcome being that much different. And the way the Steelers offensive line and the offense looks in general, I don't really want a running back there anyways. Especially if it's not the one who we presume is more talented, even though Najee looks like he's super hesitant running the ball. Like he kind of looks like he's not ready, and maybe they're just saying that to put a fire under him. But it's hard, man. Like I don't want any pieces of Jalen Warren, and if this is split backfield, I don't want either. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. And I, I saw a lot of stuff about his, you know, quote unquote efficiency numbers being better than Najee Harris, but like you mentioned, He's in there on the passing downs. He's in there when they're not expecting to run, and then they run the ball, and, of course, they're caught off guard or, you know, there's not a stacked box. So he has higher efficiency numbers because of that. But you put him in there first or second down, I think it's the same thing Najee Harris is going to run into. Um, I forget yeah. what, the, what the stat is called, but it's the stat that, you know, uh, first contact before they reach first contact. Najee Harris is, like, 
point one. Like literally, he's getting touched uh, before he gets across the line of scrimmage. It's insane. Yeah, like he's averaging six and a half defenders in the box. Like he's not getting. He's a stack front thirteen percent of the time. Like with eight or more in the box. Like he's really in there all the time. He's twenty fourth in that. It's not good at all. Not good. They don't respect the offense, and they're just pounding him in that. Yep. What about your thoughts, Jay? Any thoughts here on Warren that we didn't already mention? Yeah, I think I think the main issue here is the Steelers' offensive line is not that good. Um, That's I think being the nice. Has them have have has them at the number twenty-two in run blocking grades, and you know, like it, it it's like systemic, right? So you know, they t- they talk about building you know football teams from the line or the inside out. Um, you got to have a good offensive line to to manage a game and. Um, if you're ha- having issues there, if you don't have the talent to keep up, you, um, you know, the quarterback's going to suffer, the running back's going to suffer, the passing game's going to suffer, um, and you're just not going to see fantasy production. So, um, you know, like, honestly, to me, it doesn't matter who, who's back there. I think we've said that before. <laughs> if, if the offensive line isn't isn't blocking very well, um, there's not going to be very much uh, fantasy production out of either of them. So. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, we got two two left here. We'll go real quick. I'll just ask uh, one of them to each of you, and I'll go with Elijah Moore for you, Jay. Uh, yeah. Elijah Moore obviously has had some issues. Wanted to trade, you know, didn't play last week. Uh, Salah saying the team is going to move him to the slot. You know, do you see any relevance here for for Elijah Moore going forward? Do you think he gets any usage in the slot? Goodness gracious, I hope so. Elijah Moore is so good. Um, they they I currently know. have. Um, Braxton Berrios as the starter in the slot. I think Elijah Moore is head and shoulders above of Braxton Berrios. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, just get him on the field and start getting him targets. He's good, too good to not be getting targets. So, you know, like, um, does it does it happen? Uh, you know, like, I don't know what the probabilities are, but I think he's good enough that if he's getting out there and he gets some targets, you're going to start seeing some fantasy relevant weeks um yeah so i i want him on my team if i if i have him if you're in a redraft right now and you he's sitting there in your waiver wire are you picking him up uh yeah i guess it depends on sort of the the um construction of my team do i have do i have the ability or a roster bench spot to to take an upside shot on a player a lot of times in the redraft you you know you're holding the 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 um the backup running backs on teams in case somebody gets injured. There's, there's usually plenty of wide receivers to go around. So you can, you could probably leave them on your waiver wire for a little bit um, until you start to see the production and then, and then maybe be early um, to grab them at some point. But um, you know, like not like blowing all the fab to, to, to get a guy like Elijah Moore yet, because he's, he's really not producing yet. And if he does, get on the field if we start to see all those metrics come up where he starts getting targets and even if it's not really converting yet um then then that gets to be a point where you then you want him on your on your squad but you know in 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 dynasty from a dynasty perspective i i want to keep him i want to hold him uh in some cases if people are just kind of fed up i'll, I'll buy him for pretty cheap so yeah i'm with you all right ryan i'm gonna go to you for this coaching change here just saturday we mentioned already he's now the new colts head coach does this change his philosophy at all i mean he's a former you know center offensive lineman you know does he go to jonathan taylor and just run him to death or like what do you think is that the offensive look like i have no idea man like i, w- I want to say i have an idea on this and i probably could 
But let's be real. No one knows what he's going to do. And this man's never coached for. Yes, they considered him the second smartest man on the Colts on that Peyton Manning run. And he knows the organization is up. The NFL's changed since then. It's a whole different role other than just worry about the offensive line, which is completely underperformed. And he has terrible quarterback situation. I think it's just a reason to get people excited, maybe show up at the stadium and show a former player some respect. I think it's a nightmare. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. We have no idea what's going to go on there with that offense. I mean, have they officially named the starting quarterback yet? I know there's you know rumor that he might change the starting <laughs> quarterback, but you know, does he go back to Matt Ryan? Is he even healthy? They go. To, they have Nick Foles there too, right? Do they go to Nick Foles? I mean, Nick Foles is I think on the on the roster, I believe. So who I mean, knows? Foles can't be worse than Ellinger. Yeah, 100% agree. And then, hell, he might not be worse than he might not be worse than Ryan. He looked so bad this year. Yeah, he can definitely maybe get Pittman some value there. He's Target the hell out of him a little bit. Do something. Oh, if Nick Foles takes that route, I'm back on Pittman train because he loves those big body wide receivers. Yeah, uh, Gator saying in the chat that, you know, should they shut JT down? But I did hear today that JT was, was practicing oh. today. So I, I, I have no, I have zero Jonathan Taylor shares of fantasies. So I hope so. So it helps me do a championship. <laughs> if you guys have, I'm sorry, but that yeah. doesn't help me. I got a few but shares like, of Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> No, I don't think they should do that. Yeah, I, I don't know if they should shut him down either. I, I I do think that he needs to somehow get his head into the game, and they need to go back to what they were doing last year. I mean, he, if you look at his, his averages, he's still averaging a pretty decent you know yards per carry. They just stopped running the ball. I don't know what the heck the problem is. All right, let's go ahead and bad get to football some... teams do bad things. Yeah, they definitely do. All right, let's get to but some... Like, it, it's, go ahead. it's game script. Sorry. Yeah, it is game script. You're right. I mean, if you're behind, you can't really keep running the ball unless you're the, the Tennessee Titans. They just seem to do that no matter what's going on. They just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball some more. What are your thoughts, real quick, on this, Jay? On this, on this offense? I'm curious to your thoughts on what goes, what happens going forward. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting uh, dilemma they're in there. Um, I, my team's the Colts. I follow them a little bit more than some of the other teams. Um, you know, they have a really good offensive line. Um, and they've really gotten away from the run game, so I'm not sure what what's going oh, on there. Um, I'm sorry for trashing your team. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Uh, I was. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was listening to uh, Move the Sticks this today with um, Dan Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. They were kind of talking a little bit about um, Jeff Saturday, and and they got there's uh, Reggie Wayne is the wide receivers coach. And they were kind of implying, like, all right, Jim Jim Israel is just going back to a time when the Colts were winning, and they were, <laughs> yeah. he's just hiring guys that you know, kind of like, were from that era. And the next step is to get Peyton Manning there uh, to, to to be the QB coach and call the plays or something like that. So, well, Marvin Harrison is uh, buying Chevys funny. these days, so maybe he needs a job. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and get the factor cap. And now it's fact. Or cap. cap. All right. So for the for the old guys out there like myself, uh, obviously cap means false. Um, it's a TikTok thing, and Ryan makes fun of me every time I, I have this segment to, that I. You, you just sounded older describing it. Yeah. <laughs> like you just age yourself an extra like five years. <laughs> All right, Jay. This first one's for you here. Jamar Chase will not play another game in the fantasy regular season, which is what four games, I believe. So, do you think he's out until the playoffs, or is he out even further than that, maybe? Yeah, so hip injury, the original prognosis was uh, four to six weeks. That was two weeks ago. 
Um, so now he's two to four weeks um, from that original you know, timeline. He didn't go on IR. So that's an optimistic sign that they're going to try and get him back. Um, so that means there's at least two more weeks. So we know that. Um, there's no reason to hurry back if the Bengals keep winning. So that's, I guess, part of the, the discussion. But I think it puts him back at week 12 at the earliest, 12 or 13. So depending on where your, your fantasy playoffs are, I think he probably gets back around week 12. So I'd say that's a that's a cap cap. Yeah, um, because I think I think I think that he gets back um, week 12 or week 13. Yeah. And you get a chance to see him for the playoffs because, you know, my fear is as a Jamar Chase owner that you get him back for round one of the playoffs. And then your dilemma is, do you start him or not? Like you, you never really know how they're going to use him first game back. So hopefully he comes back week 12. You get to see him a couple of games first before you can put him into your lineup. All right, Ryan, talking about some terrible quarterbacks here. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has not looked very good. So my question to you here, factor cap, Jordan Love will get a start or two before the end of the season. Um, unless there's an injury to Aaron Rodgers, I think that makes this an unfair question. Unless there's an injury, I say it's cap. Uh, the reason is LaFleur is on the hot seat. And if you're on the hot seat and you pull a Hall of Fame quarterback, and that move doesn't work, you're 1,000% gone. Yeah. There's zero chance he keeps his job if they pull Rodgers and Love just does not do well, which in the situation with what this team's doing and the weapons, it's not, he's not in the best part to succeed, the best place to succeed. I think it'd be kind of ending that career there, which could be over anyways, but getting Rodgers out of the game... I think that ends it for sure if it fails. Who was it a couple years ago that that got benched? Uh, I want to say it might have been Matthew Stafford. I can't remember. Someone had like a a, a consecutive game streak, uh, and they benched him for somebody for one game, and then he ended up coming back the next week. And I can't remember who it was, but it, it failed miserably. Um, I thought it was Stafford, but maybe it wasn't. I, I got to go back and look at it. But yeah, definitely, I, I agree with you. I think it'd be a be a bad look overall. Because um, then you're going to piss off Aaron Rodgers on top of that, and then you got a whole, oh my God. a whole nightmare with that. It, it's a huge distraction from the media. Yeah, definitely. They 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 can almost like maybe hope that Aaron Rodgers like you know tweaks a hammy so they can at least get Jordan Love <laughs> out there just for one game, just to see if they have anything there at all going forward. The best chance would be him getting hurt or him just getting fed up and pulling himself. Yeah. <laughs> then Lafleur doing it. Yeah. All what's right. gonna happen? What's right. gonna happen next year? Yeah, um, I don't know. Are they gonna try? And, they keep, the contract is crazy, so I don't. I don't know if they'll they'll be even be able to move on from him if they wanted to. Yeah, it'll be hard, that's for okay. sure. Especially unless he starts playing a little bit better. I mean, he looked terrible this past week. I think he threw three picks in the end zone, which is not Aaron Rodgers like at all. He, he was like he's like one of only five quarterbacks to ever do that, or like in recent time to do it, and all of them were like. Huge NFL boss who we all know is huge boss. Yeah, I, I saw the sound that made me laugh. But yeah, dude, it's bad, and he is how much cap dead cap next year? It's got to be like thirty-five million, twenty-five million, something like that. Yeah, I'll find out. Oh my god. Um, actually, you know what? It's oh, oh 
cool. It's ninety nine million. <laughs> Holy shit! It's ninety nine million dollar dead cap yes. hit next year. Yeah, twenty four the year after that, which is still kind of huge, but better than playing at forty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. He, he's there for next year for sure. You know, but hella I, high I water. think he's there through twenty twenty four. Yeah, twenty twenty five cutting him at sixteen million is doable. Ninety nine million dead cap. That's insane. That is insane. You're not you're not benching him either because of that. Agreed. All right, Jay, let's go to you. Uh, this one is a backfield that's been frustrating if you own uh, the the higher priced guy here for sure. Uh, but my question to you is: Jamal Williams scores more fantasy points than DeAndre Swift from now on, from Week Ten on. Uh, so everything's back to zero now. Swift is, you know, he's supposedly healthy. What are your thoughts here? Factor cap. Jamal Williams scores more. Cap. Um, if Swift is healthy, which he's got the designation that he's healthy, um, I think he's going to score more fantasy points per game. Um, so, and I can't really guess if if Swift gets injured or not. Again, I mean, he's had some injuries that happens, but Swift has the the tools to be an elite fantasy running back. Um, he's had the ability to consistently over a year put up um those elite uh fantasy points per game so i gotta go with swift over williams for the rest of the season all right it only makes me nervous there is like even when swift was healthy earlier in the season they were pulling swift out to put jamal williams in to get the touchdowns and that takes away a lot of his his value but we knew that coming in like that's not what his game is we we, catching we did, but plays. I mean, to that extent, I mean, he literally was in none of the packages after the ten yard line. It was all Jamal Williams. Like they literally pulled Swift out, and he barely got in there. So that that you know, it's one thing to say that you're going to use the guy, you know, in occasional packages, but when you're literally taking your your main guy out literally every time down the red zone, that's a little concerning for me. Because unless he scores from thirty yards out, he's not scoring. But I think I'm with you, though, Jay. I do think it's cap. I do think Swift uh, does outscore Jamal Williams the rest of the season. I think Jamal Williams has been on a little bit of a, uh, a high. I do think he kind of comes back to earth a little bit. And I think Swift, you know, as long as he can stay healthy, will pick up the slack. All right, Ryan, this one's for you. Factor cap. Tua Tungavailoa is a top five QB rest of season. And that's for fantasy purposes, obviously, not top five yeah. in the NFL. I really wanted to say fact. I really did because I love those weapons there. I like the way their offense looks. I mean, Hill and Waddle are just electric for them. But after the next two weeks, Cleveland-Houston, that schedule to end the season gets really rough. I mean, we got San Fran, the Chargers. Then you have Buffalo, Green Bay, New England. Like, that's tough, man. Those are a lot of good defenses. And he's really going to struggle and. Top five in the NFL right now is hard to get because you have just monsters ahead of him. Like with Allen, Mahomes, Hurth, Burrow, Lamar, Kyler Murray still, even though Call of Duty's still out there, he's still a fantasy <laughs> piece. Justin Fields is on fire right now. Yeah. Like there's so many good quarterbacks. Cracking that top five with that schedule is going to be really freaking hard. Yeah, I think too what what goes against him is he's not a running quarterback. I know he can scramble a little bit, but he's not he's not Justin Fields, he's not Lamar Jackson, he's not Josh Allen. Those guys I think get that, you know, that immediate floor of the rushing ability right there where Tua would have to basically throw five touchdowns every game to keep up with that rushing ability. So, I'm with you. I think he's top 10 easy. Uh obviously I think he's Yeah, been- I I think he just lives in that 7 to 10 range for yeah. the foreseeable future with those uh 
receivers the way they are. Agreed. I mean, he might have a couple years where he's ahead of that, but that's really that's that, I mean, that's fine. That's fine. I'm, I'm with you. All right, Jay, this is another uh, running back situation here, and this is more about the uh, just kind of comparing two guys that were valued quite differently in the offseason here. Uh, Dante Foreman scores more fantasy points than Najee Harris rest of season. Factor cap. Gosh, this is such a sad question, honestly. Yeah. Like, we've come to the <laughs> point where um, we're, we're trying to decide if uh, Foreman, the, the journeyman running back, who, you know, is, is there because, you know, I basically a replacement level running back scores more than the, the first round uh, Najee Harris pick for the Steelers. I, I don't know. It just it just hurts to hear the Feel question, it. honestly. What's funny I, is I've never been a, I've what, never been a huge Najee fan. And, you know, I you get into the whole like, you know, efficiency versus volume type stuff. And, you know, I, I agree with that side. Uh, but there comes a point where, like, um, you just kind of have to, you know, trust the Najee will get the the volume and and actually actually uh, um, start putting up points per game at a decent level. Now, Donta Foreman's had two giga good games, right? Um, last last week was, was a not rough. as great. Yeah. Um, he played the Bengals, and I think he only had thirty some yards um, rushing. So, you know, like. Two games doesn't make a trend, but you know it's something to something to think about. And and clearly he's he's usable. Uh, it depends. He's sharing the the backfield with uh, Chuba Hubbard, so it depends on like you know I guess the game plan and, and how much um, Chuba gets used as well. Um, but I think I'm going to go with Cap here and and give the nod to to Najee Harris. And um, it's just a guess, but I think. Um, I think Najee probably ends up with more points um, for the rest of the season than, than Foreman. Yeah, it's funny because this, this question came about because I was looking at rest of the season rankings on Fantasy Pros, and Dante Foreman is one spot ahead of Najee Harris in the rest of the season rankings. And I was like, that's really interesting. So let me put that into a factor cap because, you know, obviously somebody's valuing Dante Foreman a little bit more than Najee if that's how it's going to fall. Uh, and yeah, and you're right. Like he had a bad game last week. Now, granted, they played the Bengals, and the Bengals were up like 35 nothing in like the first quarter. It felt like, um, so he got game scripted out. So who knows going forward? But yeah, that team in general is going to have negative game scripts for the rest of the season. So it'll be tough for him to to keep up that pace. So I, I think I'm with you. I think Najee Harris. I don't want either one of them really. I think both <laughs> of them are very inefficient, and you're going to be frustrated as hell. But if I had to pick one, I'd take Najee Harris. All right, Ryan. Last one here. Fact or cap? Greg Dolchik outscores Kyle Pitts rest of season. He's had he's played three games and he's had three tight end one games. Dolchik has uh, Kyle Pitts has two tight end one games and he's played every game this season. So, <laughs> give me your so, thoughts uh, here. Speaking about sad questions, yeah, <laughs> like this is so bad. Like I honestly would probably lean Dolchik just because and Atlanta's a mess. Like. As bad as I talked about another team earlier, this team's worse. Yeah. Atlanta is an absolute nightmare. They refuse to use two of their only three talented players. It they don't know how they're doing there. But they're winning. And I they're like they're the first in the division right now. <laughs> I just don't understand because they're running the ball, but they're ignoring the pits in London, and I'm just, I have no faith. Yeah, in it. 
It's crazy to think and, that the Falcons are one of the most efficient red zone teams as far as scoring touchdowns right now, and they're not even using Drake London or Pitts down in that range. It's just the running backs which and Mariota. They're just built for that. Yeah. And it's crazy to me that they're doing that. And like I said, NFC so bad right now that they've somehow made the four wins. Yeah. But dude, I just don't have faith. And you know what? Russell Wilson, he's starting to get that little attachment to Goldschitz. And he hasn't really shared it with anybody else yet. So I'm going to leave with that. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, let's get to our uh, play pickup prop bets. Going for two live and playpickup.com present the pickup props of the week. Of the week. All right, guys, by now you should know how this works. On our Discord, uh, Play Pickup provides us with some prop bets, mostly head to head type matchups, uh, stuff like that, over unders and things. Uh, that we put in that in the chat, you can uh, go on there and vote. And as long as you're a registered uh, p- uh, play pickup, you can go to playpickup.com, get registered. Uh, you earn points, and those points can then be traded in to win prizes and such. So let's go ahead and get to the three this week. Uh, first one here for you, Jay. More receiving yards in week 10, Justin Jefferson or Stefan Diggs? Gosh, this is an interesting one, right? So um, on, on PFF, Justin Jefferson's... Um, Projected yards is 87 and Diggs is 80, so pretty close. If you look on their wide receiver, cornerback matchup advantages, both of them have pretty good matchups. Justin Jefferson's numbers are at 70 and Diggs is an 84, so Diggs has a little bit better matchup um, going against the Vikings quarterbacks than than, than Justin Jefferson does. Um, the, the real question here is Josh Allen. Um, he showed up on the injury report. I think he's got an elbow issue. So is he playing or is he not playing? Um, that could have an a interesting effect on the game. Um, but, uh, you know, this is this is Stefan Diggs going against his old team as well. So, yeah. you know, some things to, to think. So I think it's. I think it's Case Keenum is the backup too, and I think he was he was a Viking as well. So it could be in that one you know, a little bit of that year. revenge type stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I got to go with uh, Justin Jefferson. Um, just you know the the numbers, and if if Josh Allen doesn't play, which he might not um, right now, I I got to pick Justin Jefferson. All right, which way are you going, Ryan? That that narrative thing with just how vindictive. Stefan Diggs is almost made me completely change my answer. <laughs> but I mean, we're talking since week four, Justin Jefferson's lowest total week's been 98 yards. He's just an absolute just machine this season. Oh, he's been a machine his whole career, but he's just unstoppable. And I love Stefan Diggs. He's on a fair season league, but Jefferson is just a beast. I'm not taking anybody over him in any game for yardage. Well, what's crazy is. Wasn't Case Keenum his quarterback the the miracle the miracle game versus the Saints wasn't that that season Stephon Diggs the, in the playoffs wasn't Case Keenum the quarterback yeah I think it was I could be wrong I could be wrong but I, I I thought Case Keenum was the quarterback that year that they had that one miracle run and then Case Keenum went on to be a quarterback elsewhere after that and they brought in Kirk Cousins but um, I, I think it was. Yeah, so that that narrative thing. I, honestly, when I brought this up, I wouldn't even think about the narrative. You're right, though. That that's definitely adds a little bit of a twist there. But uh, Jefferson's just been so good this year. I know he had this couple of games early in the season where he wasn't doing good, but since then they've they've targeted the hell out of him. You know, even if you know Josh Allen plays, he's got more weapons I think than than the Vikings do overall. So I I think that Jefferson gets this mark here. 
All right, Ryan, this, this one's pretty interesting here. This one is more rushing yards in week 10, and rushing yards is the key there. It's not total yards. Uh, Saquon Barkley or Damian Pierce? Who gets more rushing yards week 10? Uh, I'm taking Saquon pretty easily. Houston is giving up the most rushing yards per game. The Giants, while they're not giving up as much, I'm, they're still a pretty solid defense and pretty good at focusing on one guy in an offense. And I just, I don't see any way that Pierce is going to have more of that. They're just, everybody's running on them. They're giving up 100. Like, I didn't even believe in it. They're giving up 180 rushing yards a game. Wow. <laughs> That's... Like, I, I, I read it like four times before I said it because <laughs> I thought it was wrong. But they're giving up 180 rushing yards a game, dude. I can't bet it. I can't bet for that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's crazy. And I just did Google it while you were talking. It was Case Keenum to Stephon Stephon Diggs in the Minnesota Miracle. Uh, all right, Jay, what are your thoughts here? More rushing yards, Saquon Barkley, Damian Pierce. Yeah, I'm gonna go Barkley um, for the same reasons. Uh, you know, um, the PFF grades the O line versus D line matchups each week. Each week. And it's pretty favorable for Barkley and, and slightly unfavorable for Pierce. So, um, they, you know, they're pretty close in terms of a projected yardage. So, like, I understand why this is like a prop bet. But I, I got to give it to Barkley just because of the, the situational advantage here. Yeah, I'm with you as well. I think Barkley's going to be a pop, popular play in DFS this week as well because of that reason. Houston's defense is just that bad against the run. All right, last one here, Jay. Over under 249.5 passing yards for Jalen Hurts uh, in Week 10 versus the Commanders. So what are your thoughts here? Over under 250, basically, is what it is. Yeah, so the projection for PFS have him at 244.5, so it's like right again, really close. He went for over 250 in three out of his eight games so far. Um, so interestingly, his highest passing yards game season was 340 yards against the Commanders in Week 3. So... Um, you know, uh, you know, like there's precedent here. Like he could, he could hit the over, uh, and if he he's done it before, and and this is his, you know, highest passing yards game. So, but actually, given all that, I'm still gonna take the under. Um, but it, that's sort of a low confidence guess. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough, it's a tough mark because I think if I'm not mistaken, this is the Monday night game too, isn't it? I, I believe it's the Ooh, Monday night. Remember. Yeah, it's the Monday night game, and I'm sure we'll see we'll see highlights from the uh, the the Monday night massacre when uh, when Vic was the quarterback for the Eagles and they massacred the then Redskins. I'm sure we'll they'll see that at some point on the telecast. They'll bring it up because Jalen Hurts is similar to Michael Vick in that sense. Um, what are your thoughts, Ryan? Over under two forty nine and a half passing yards for Hurts this week. Uh, I'm going under too. Mainly what you said, like, and then there's the fact division games very rarely end up the same. Especially with that little extra prep. They're getting a little healthier and running the ball more. I just think it's changed a lot. And I think that early in the season, uh, Philly took a lot of people, caught a lot of teams off guard with the way that passing offense opened everything up. I just don't think it'll be the same team you're seeing in Washington or the same game plan. Yeah, that's a good call because you're right. I mean, everyone didn't expect Jalen Hurts to come out and all of a sudden be like this proficient passer. They, you know, probably were game planning to stop the run. And he comes out yep. and just lights them up in the passing game. So, yeah, that's a good call that they probably game plan a little bit differently this week. 
All right, guys, we're going to do something. Uh, this is a new segment for us. I actually stole it from, from Brian. I don't know if he's in the chat or not, but he did it on his show a few weeks ago. And I thought, oh, yeah, I kind of like that, so we're going to steal it. I don't have a drop for it, but we're calling it I Was Wrong. Basically, uh, you know, give us a couple guys that you were either buying in the offseason or you were drafting in the offseason or just players you thought in general would break out. This would be their year. Uh, maybe you wrote them up in an article, you know, whatever. Uh, but it turns out you were definitely wrong. So uh, we'll go to you first, Jay. You're the guest here, so you get to go first. Uh, give us your, your first player that you were wrong about. Yeah, so I actually track this stuff um, pretty good. Um, in my intelligent fantasy football investor work, um, I'm like giving buy and sell recommendations. I'm giving you actually a price target in terms of KTC, and I'm keeping track of the hits and misses. Um, and so, you know, like I have a, a pretty extensive list of, you know, all the trades of closes, how well I've done, which has actually been pretty good. Um, but uh, I'll give you my misses on the buy side. Um, so I missed on um, Tom Brady, James Conner, Deontay Johnson, Brandon Cooks, Noah Fant, and Hunter Henry. And on the sell side, I missed on Nick Chubb and Damian Pierce. Um, these are all guys that I've actively told told people to buy or sell. So I was I was given the recommendation here. Um, on the buy side, um, you can see like Tom Brady, James Conner, Deontay Johnson, Brandon Cooks. Um, Hunter Henry, these are all guys that scored fantasy points, uh, a lot of fantasy points, and this year decided that they weren't going to score any. So, uh, you know, like, that's the list. Now, I I, I hit on a lot of guys, too, as well. Um, But this is is my list of, you know, they're they're kind of a little, none of these guys are rookies. They're kind of a little older, and I I was counting on that fantasy production. I still think uh, these are all buys. Um, even if, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about Tom Brady from a, from a one-year perspective or James Conner from a one-year perspective, or if you're thinking about Deontay Johnson from a, from a, uh, a dynasty perspective or, or no fan, I think these guys are all buys. They're all, they're all too cheap. Um, but what I really like to do is see some, see some of these guys start scoring a lot of points. We saw yeah. no fan actually, actually, um, have a decent game last week. Um, and then the cells, um, that's Nick Chubb and, and Damian Pierce, Nick Chubb. Uh, he, he always kind of like gets on my sales list because of sort of the situation that he's in. Yep. Um, you know, nobody would argue that he's not one of the best running backs in, in the NFL, but you know, he's, he's complimented by a pretty good, uh, um, running back in, in Kareem Hunt. And until that situation changes, um, he's, he, you know, he's probably, you know, part of a committee where his, his upside's a, a bit capped. Um, and this year he went off, right? So he's scoring a lot more touchdowns than he typically does. Um, and so, you know, it just kind of like got bit there. Um, and then Damian Pierce, usually, um, usually I'm not very high on, on, on running backs that, that don't get drafted early because, uh, my, my thought process is, is usually they're, they're replaceable. Um, you think about, um, some of the guys that have come in that didn't have very good draft capital, like James Robinson, some of the other guys where, um, uh, you know, like the next year, um, they draft a first round running back and everything's sort of capped. Um, that doesn't mean that Damian Pierce this year can't be uh, really good and score a lot of points, but um, I think where I missed that was that I was kind of writing him off um, the the early production off for the longer term view that eventually he, he he gets replaced and and some of that value falls off. Yeah, I, the Nick Chubb one definitely I feel your pain there because I actually sold him in my home league. 
Uh, I drafted him in a, in a, in my rookie draft, you know, when he first came out, and I've had him on my team ever since. And I, I'm always a guy that tries to sell a year early and not a year late. So I was like, all right, Nick Chubb time. You know, he's not involved in the passing game. He gets replaced in the red zone a lot of times for Kareem Hunt. Maybe this is the year to sell him. So I sold him, and of course he goes and he's like having his best year ever. And I'm like just sitting there shaking my head, like, man, I could have waited one more year, but unfortunately yep. I didn't. So I was with you with that one as well. Ryan, let's go to you. Give us, uh, give us, give us one of your <laughs> I was wrong players. Unfortunately, I can't participate in this. I have Get out of here. No <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, God, Ken Akers, man. I love Ken Akers. I thought he was going to bounce back. I thought the usage in the playoffs was like, yes, we know he was hurt, but you know what? We gave him carries during that run. I thought he was going to be fine this year. And man, has he made me look stupid. I don't know what it is, who he wronged. If he flirted with one of McVay's girlfriends, I don't know what it was. Like, dude, he just, he fell off so hard and it was a huge mess for me. Yeah, I feel your pain. He's definitely on my list as well because I, I have him in that same home league and he was one of the reasons why I felt okay trading away Nick Chubb. I'm like, well, I got Cam Makers on my bench. He can just easily step in and give me similar production. Yeah, that didn't pan out either. So he definitely uh, hurt me this year. Uh, another guy that hurt me, and I, I traded for him. It was really frustrating at the time. I thought he was going to you know, have a breakout. It was the middle of the season, and I was debating between A.J. Dillon, who is my, uh, my miss, and Ramondre Stevenson, who hadn't quite broken out yet. I chose A.J. Dillon thinking, like, okay, he's going to you know, take over this, this, this backfield. And uh, I actually wrote him up in the offseason and you know, went on and on about how he had more carries than Aaron Jones last year and how this offense is going to be a little bit more run-heavy this year. And he could be the red zone guy. And, man, was I wrong. Because, I mean, you think he's had one good week. I think it was week one. And since then, he's done absolutely nothing for me. And I'm sitting there watching Ramondre Stevenson now break out and just have all these big games. And I'm like, I could have had Ramondre Stevenson, but I chose A.J. Dillon instead. And it, it hurts me. It hurts me. Uh, I'm going to do one more, Ryan, and then you can do one more, and then we'll get to our next segment. Um, the other guy I have on my list, and maybe it changes now that Justin Fields starting to come along a little bit, but Darnell Mooney. I was buying Darnell Mooney in a lot of my leagues. I thought, you know, his efficiency numbers were there, his route running ability. You know, I went, I wrote, up, wrote him up as well in the offseason about how he had separation, and if the quarterbacks had just gotten the ball, he could have had so, so many big games. And uh, unfortunately, so far, it's, he's had a couple good games here and there. Um, you know, he's a big play threat, but I thought the volume would be there along with the big plays, and he's not getting the, the volume yet. So uh, with Justin Fields coming around, maybe he ends the season strong. But as of right now, I was definitely wrong on Darnell Mooney. All right, Ryan, give us one more. Uh, Cortland Sutton. I feel like it's low-hanging fruit, but I had him projected really high. Like, he was flirting in my top 12, and I just did not expect... Russ to fall off the way he did, just not be able to get him the ball. I thought I was going to get much, much different from him. And I think I feel like that was a pretty big mistake on that, but I feel like that's one I'm not that alone on. Yeah. It's weird too, because in the early, early part of the season, he was a big DFS play because he was getting like 35% of the targets. And we're like, that's great. You know, keep throwing him the ball. But then all of a sudden (laughs) it's like Russ forgot he existed. It's like, what happened? Uh, I can't explain that one. I don't know what's going on with that. But, yeah, you're right. Cortland Sutton has definitely disappeared for sure. Um, I'm getting... Jeff, I thought for sure you were going to say Trey Lance. Did the injury just scare you off? Well, the injury was tough because, you know, he didn't get a chance to really do a whole lot of anything. I was on Trey Lance. 
Uh, I actually did an article on uh, uh, three undrafted quarterbacks, you know, who you want to buy. Uh, two of them, I think it panned out pretty well. I had Tua as one of my undrafted, not undrafted, I guess outside the top 12 is what it was. So I had Tua as one of my picks. I had Justin Fields as one of my picks. And then uh, I also picked Trey Lance. And unfortunately, that one didn't work out because of injury. Uh, I think he would have been okay, though, had he been able to stay healthy. All right, let's get to some listener questions. Go ahead. Ask me anything. All right, we'll just alternate these here, and we'll go with you first, Jay. Uh, Joseph Navarro wants to know, would you trade Jonathan Taylor for Brian Robinson and Dalvin Cook? Uh, And I do know because I asked him, this is a redraft PPR league. Yeah, and I think actually what you have in here is Jonathan Taylor and Brian Robinson for Dalvin. Oh, you're right. You're right. I said that backwards. Um, You're right. Yeah, and when I was looking at it, I was like, this has to be a redraft question. So, because um, <laughs> uh, if it was Dynasty, it'd be a very, very big no. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, this is a, this is an interesting question. It all revolves around what happens at the Colts, right? Um, if if Taylor comes back and the Colts are using him, um, you want the, the Jonathan Taylor side. If, um, if, he's, if he's not back... Um, and basically they they sit him for the rest of the year. Then it then it in redraft it's basically trading Brian Robinson for Dalvin Cook. Yeah, of course you want the Dalvin Cook side, right? So like I, I guess it's a really hard question to answer if you don't know what's going to happen with with Jonathan Taylor. Um, my my inkling is to stay with the Jonathan Taylor side because um you know it looks like he might be coming back, and if if he's playing. I want Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. So. I was just going to ask you, I'm going to add a little bit of uh, a background to this question. His trade deadline is this week. So this is the last, the last opportunity he has to do this. <sighs> and uh, so he has to make the decision here. And he is, I believe he's, I think he's won three games. So he has to make a decision because otherwise he's not going to make the playoffs. So it's Dalvin Cook. You know, is that enough to push yeah. you to Dalvin Cook at that point? Yeah. yeah, I mean that's a that that's a good question. Um, you said he's only won three games. Yeah, so what is that three and three and six? Is that what we are at week nine? Yeah, he's, he still I, has a chance to make the know. playoffs if he uh, if he runs Joe, the table. I appreciate you putting the effort, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think I think Dalvin gives you instant satisfaction, and he can help you get some wins quickly. But. But it's Jay probably make, the safer move. Yeah, but Jay making but the playoffs. I'd rather so. do that if I had a talented, like if I had a talented team, and I just needed someone safe to put in it, I'd be more inclined to do it. But it's hard at that spot in the season. Yeah, agreed. All right, Ryan, this one's for you. Uh, Ray Oblander wants to know: Would I be crazy to trade away David Montgomery, Rondell Moore, and Cortland Sutton for Amon Ross St. Brown? So basically, David Montgomery has been sort of phased out. Rondell Moore has got some value. Cortland Sutton, we just talked about. And then you got Amon Rice St. Brown. You're getting him. What do you think? Did we know if this is redraft for Dynasty? Re- it's redraft. Okay. Honestly, I don't care either way. Uh, it's Amon Rice St. Brown. I'm with the highest value player. And at this point, the rest of these guys are replaceable. Like, David Montgomery, you don't want to start him at all if your team's good enough. Same with Rondell Moore and Sutton at this point. You have to start him because of his name value, and it makes it hard to bench him. 
But just solve that problem. You know, I'm on Raw. You know, you can start him and he'll get volume. And I just want the best plan in the deal because everything else is replaceable. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I think I'm going with Amon Ryan St. Brown there as well. Uh, we got time for a couple more here. Uh, Jay, let's do uh, let's do B B Jizzle three one two full PPR. He wants he needs to start two of these guys: Devonta Smith, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, and Curtis Samuel. So start two of those receivers. Yeah. So the projected points here are Devonta nine point eight, DJ Moore eleven point one, Deontay ten, and Curtis Samuel's eight point one. Um, PFF has them ranked very similarly to the projected points here. Um, and I don't see any reason why to go away from what, you know, what we're kind of thinking here. So, um, I'd go DJ Moore and Deontay Johnson as my two starts out of that group. Yeah, I'm with you. That's, I think you get the volume there. You know, obviously last week was a little tough for DJ Moore, but I think in general, he'll get more volume. Devonta Smith, he has the potential to put up those monster ceiling games, but then he has the potential to not even show up at all. So, that one's tough. Curtis Samuel's nice, but uh, yeah, I think I'm with you. I think it's more in Deontay Johnson for me as well. Uh, let's do one more, Ryan. This is a this is a, a dynasty question here. Um, Real Fantasy TL wants to know Travis Etienne or Javante in a 24 first. He's currently one game out of the final playoff spot, so Etienne probably helps him out there. Um, I gosh, uh, I'm going Etienne. I know we all love Javante Williams before the season, and they're going to hate him and love him again. And every year's first are good, but you know what, man? We're looking two years out for me, and I know everybody value, I value probably draft picks less than most people, even though I love the draft. But, like, if you're in the running to win it, at the end is an ascending talent, and I don't think we're near the peak of fantasy value yet. I think even if you got him now and then trade him in the offseason, you'll recoup more than you traded away to get him. Yeah. So I think it's a win-win for him. Good stuff. Uh, Gator wants to know what your shirt is, Ryan. Oh, it's a DLF shirt I got from the Expo like two years ago. Oh, nice. Nice. Uh, He had one more question, too. I'll just ask this to the both of you. I'll go to you first, Jay. Uh, Does the weather worry anyone for tomorrow night's game? Any worry there for for tomorrow night, Jay? Oh man, I actually don't even. Is there is there a huge weather going through? I actually yeah. don't know. Sorry. It's supposed to be a hurricane hitting. Oh yeah, oh, they really? said like thir- <laughs> they said like yeah. thirty mile per hour winds. Yeah. Oh man, I, I you know um, Chicago, uh, uh, Ohio State last weekend played up at, at Northwestern, and there were huge winds on that game, and it definitely affected the out um the the passing game for both teams yeah um so like you got you i guess you got to do kind of like be aware of those types of situations but i'm always of the mentality that you start your studs um so if you got studs in that game you still you still start them um with a little bit of like hesitance if you're you know if you're involved (laughs) in the passing game kind of thing are there even studs in this game? (laughs) i mean donta foreman versus cordell patterson who i love but like they'll get work anyways. Yeah, yeah. DJ Moore. Yeah. <laughs> we just talked about yeah, him. Just, ah, zero. I that love DJ Moore. No, I won't talk bad about yeah. him. Yeah. But <laughs> no, I, I just the running backs. I'm cool with everybody else. I probably don't want to play. Yeah, I think I'm more worried about just the teams in general than I am about the weather in this one. Uh, they both like to run the ball, so maybe they just run the ball the entire game and there's literally I mean, no passes. That's that's what makes sense. Yep. 
All right, let's get to our last segment of the night. Get ready for goingfor2.com's Forgotten Fantasy Player of the Week. All right, Jay, you kind of teased your guy a little bit before the you know, during the pre-show here, so uh, go ahead and give us your Forgotten Fantasy Player. Yeah, so um, I hope this is a little surprising. I'm going to go with David Boston. Ooh. Um, <laughs> that's a great one. That's a great one. one. It is. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, so he's out of Ohio State. Um, he was the eighth overall selection in 1999. And he was a big dude. He was 6'1", 215 pounds. He's he exactly so what... Yeah, he was exactly <laughs> what you were looking for for a prototype wide receiver in today's time. Um, and he's super athletic, too. I, I don't know if you guys have heard of, like, the RAS score or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I went through and looked at his RAS score, uh, which is a relative athletic score. Um, at at Math Bomb does those. <laughs> and awesome. it's a 9, 9.88 out of 10. Wow. <laughs> um, that's based on his, uh, you know, size and testing from his combine numbers. Oh, uh, my goodness. If this guy came out today in age oh i'd be all over it so um in 2001 he had a huge year he had 98 receptions 1598 yards and eight touchdowns um in 2002 he didn't have a great season and then in 2003 he signed a seven-year foreign 47 million dollar contract with the chargers where he then caught 70 passes for 880 yards and seven touchdowns but then he was traded to the Dolphins for a sixth round pick because he had moody a personality and bad practice habits. Then he tested positive for uh, for steroids and he hurt his knee and then he really never amounted to anything after that. But the reason I bring him up is um, when, when I started getting into football and OSU football in particular, that was around 1998. Um, and he was the huge the, the the guy for OSU that year. Um, it, it, he had 85 receptions, uh, 1,435 yards, and 13 TDs that year wow. at Ohio State. Um, but the thing that, that stood out to me was like in all the huge, the big games, he was crushing it, right? So um, in the 1997 Rose Bowl against the Arizona State Sun Devils, he was playing against Jake, Jake, uh, Jake the Snake Plummer. Um, and with 19 seconds left to go, he scores the, the winning touchdown from Joe Germain. Wow. And, and then the next year, uh, in the 1998 Michigan game, um, he, he he's playing the Wolverines. He, he had 10 receptions, 231 yards and two touchdowns. Wow. And, you know, this is, this is the start of my Ohio state fandom. So, um, I just remember going crazy as a young, young kid watching the game and starting to get into Ohio state sports and Ohio state athletics. And um, he just went off. So, you know, he had that one amazing season in fantasy, was a big part of Ohio State's offense for three years, uh, high draft pick. If he was coming out in, in today's day and age, you'd be like the prototype wide receiver, exactly what you're looking for. So that was my uh, forgotten fantasy player. Yeah, I remember his arms. Like, they were just gigantic. Like, he was just, I mean, he was yeah. huge. Like, he was definitely the guy that you look at and be like, oh, my God. Yeah. No, nobody was surprised about steroids. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'm surprised nobody. it took so long to test them. That's that's the part I'm surprised about. Yeah, definitely, that's a good one. I don't think we've had David Boston. We've been doing this for a long time. We, so. No, we 100 percent have not. Yeah, that's a good. good. One. That's a good one. Good stuff. Good. 
All right, that wraps the podcast up. Let's go around the room real quick. Give us your Twitter handle one more time. And if you want to plug anything, go ahead and do so. We'll go with you first, Jay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, my Twitter handle is at underscore Jason Stein. Um, I'm, like I said before, I'm a writer at Dynasty Nerds. Please go check out my content. And if you're a nerd herd, get into the Discord and, and you know, talk to talk to us over there. Um, I, I write the Intelligent Fantasy Football Investor Series for them. We just had in volume 11 um, come out this morning. Um, lots of uh, you know buys and sells in there. I, I keep track of uh, of all of my you know hits and misses, so I'm you know, very upfront with uh, the accountability and everything that goes into that. And then um, I do a lot of analytical work on the Debbie side. Debbie is a passion of mine. I love playing um, C2C and and Debbie uh, leagues. So. Um, I do analytical work for the Dynasty Nerds. We do a bunch of mock drafts um, from a Debbie perspective, five rounds every month. You could just kind of see trends there. And then at the Debbie Rail, we do a patron-only podcast that comes out every Wednesday. That's with uh, Kevin Coleman at at, uh, Dubois underscore 22, um, where we kind of do analytical breakdowns on, on some of the Debbie players. So that's all my stuff. Good stuff. Ryan, what you got going on? Same old thing? Same old thing. Find me Twitter, Foss534. Same other things I say every other week. <laughs> Anything new going on in your podcast over there? Uh, not really. We're just talking about uh, dynasty. I'm, ex- I'm excited for the offseason for it. Like I, I'm, re- I'm ready to start talking rookies and yeah. jumping in the film. I'm more excited about that than the regular season grind. Yeah, that's like, definitely... The po- during the season, podcasts are all, I feel like... Everything's the same, but I can't wait for the off season to start doing that stuff. That's when it gets fun. Yeah. And agreed. to put out content. Agreed hundred percent. All right, guys, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Lambert 77. Of course, check out all of our shows in the going for two live podcast network. We got a show every single night of the week. Some nights we got double headers, uh, Friday night's podcast, uh, the B league. Unfortunately, he will not have his show this week, uh, but he will be back in a couple of weeks. He's actually in Australia right now, visiting, uh, his, his hometown, uh, yeah, so definitely check us out, guys. We got the the, the uh, Dynasty uh, Saturday Night 5 on Saturdays. We got the uh, IDP Cover Zero on Saturdays. We got the Sunday Morning Show, uh, which I have been told that Zach is making his return this week to the show. So definitely check that out. Um, and that's a wrap, guys. So for Ryan, for Jay, I'm Jeff. Uh, we will see you all next week. <laughs>